ever felt this way about anyone. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things about her, but if I had to pick a few, she's got dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Thighs like what? 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 And not just some of the time. All night long. I think I want to see. I know I want to see. To the No Dunks Drop Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, June 30th, 2023. Happy NBA Free Agency Day. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Oh, we're hot. <laughs> and last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, the apprentice, Eshua Kid. How y'all doing? There he is. Yeah. And here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit the like button. Come on. Do it. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks as well. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. That is the convenient short little URL you got to hit up to get all your No Dunks merch. Your hoodies, your t-shirts, your mugs, your hats, and your tank tops. Oh, those beach stepping tank tops flying off the shelves. So go grab one. And this is fun. Basically a week from today, next Saturday, in Las Vegas, we got an NBA Summer League meet and greet. Saturday, July 8th at 4 p.m. local time in Vegas. It's the Athletic NBA Show. It's no dunks. It's you, hopefully, kicking it with us just for a little meet and greet at the MGM Sportsbook at the MGM Grand. Excited? I can't wait. You want to shake this hand? Too bad. You're getting my right hand, actually. I was going to say. I'm not going any lefty shakes here. I don't know why I put that one up, but uh, I apparently need to practice. (laughs) Yeah. I will. Last couple of weeks. Let's see here. You're busy. Oh, my bad. I don't don't know. All right. That right hand just buckled. Got a week. Got a week (laughs) to figure it out. Oh, your your two hands are going to be occupied. You're going to be shaking hands from people from the Athletic NBA. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. All right. So Saturday, July 8th, 4 p.m. Vegas time. MGM Sportsbook at the MGM Grand. All right. We got to get into it, though. We'll talk about the new CBA. We'll have some rapid fire fun. But man, bit of a bomb yesterday getting dropped. James Harden opting in to his $35.6 million deal for next season in order for the 10-time All-Star and the Philadelphia 76ers to work together on a trade. Yeah, that's right. James Harden has once again requested a trade. According to Shams, the Clippers and the Heat are expected to emerge as suitors for the beard. (laughs) So before we get into the actual trade packages... What the hell's going on here? What went wrong uh, in what feels like the last 48 hours? It was like, oh, yeah, he's probably going to, you know, 
either opt in, I guess, stay with Philadelphia, or maybe obviously opt out and come to a new agreement with Philadelphia. And in the end here, Tass, no, no, no. He's opting in and saying, trade me, Daryl Morey. What? Well, Philly wasn't giving him what he wanted. He was angry that he wasn't getting a long-term deal. He thought last year he was taking a pay cut to 12 months in the future, get a good deal. And kudos to the Sixers for not giving it to him. They could have easily just stayed status quo. Oh, this team gets bounced in the second round. We're not going to maximize Joel Embiid's future. But they didn't. They made the hard choice, I think, by not giving him a long-term deal. They could have easily just said, here, 40 per. Here you go, James Harden. But we're not a championship team. They had a golden opportunity in round two. They were up 3-2 on the Boston Celtics. They lost. So why go forward with that team? Even if you just take James Harden off the team without the trade package coming back, I think it's a a little palate cleanser. It's a refresher. You you have Tyrese Maxey that needs to be used more. And that would just be different to go along with Nick Nurse, who may have a a hand in this, uh, being that he doesn't like the James Harden-type style here. (laughs) But... I think kudos to the Sixers and Daryl Morey, who is a a James Harden believer and lover forever. They're trying to maximize Embiid's window right here, right now. And by not giving it to Harden, obviously he said, screw that. I'm pissed. I'm out. Right. Because, and you said it, Tass, Harden took a pretty significant pay cut nearly a year ago. He declined his $47.4 million player option with Philly to sign a one plus one deal in which he would be paid $33 million, uh, for the 2022-23 season, which we just had. And there was a widespread belief that it was the old scratching of the backs. You know, we saw Maury and uh, Harden embracing, hugging on the tarmac. But it was Daryl Morey sticking a knife into the back of James Harden Ooh, because, a knife, not a hey, I did you a favor. And Harden, I assume, believing he would get a big deal here or whatever, long-term deal. And, yeah, Maury is deciding, no, no, no. Not so fast. And Sam Amick has a great report up on The Athletic, sort of breaking down, at least from Sam's reporting of, uh, yeah, James Harden being quite upset that uh, he is not getting uh, what he feels probably is fair value. Yeah, they're saying, hey, we're going to pay you like current James Harden, not Houston James Harden. And that did not set well with L.A. James Harden. I don't know who he's going to end up being uh, right now, but it seemed weird all in the run up to this that Harden was so closely tied to Houston, right? Everybody's thinking, he's just doing this for leverage. He's trying to get the biggest deal he can out of Philadelphia. Then that kind of went quiet, and it started turning into Fred Van Vliet as the guy going to Houston. The leverage disappeared. The leverage wasn't there for Harden. There's not a market out there right now. He's in his mid-30s. He's going into the last year of his contract, which is a big contract now. So the cap space teams didn't really make sense for Harden if he wasn't going to go back to Houston. Like, the Spurs aren't going to drop a $40 million deal on Harden to have him be their veteran presence next to Victor Wakmanyama. Did not make sense at all. Couldn't find a space with a cap team, so he's got to opt in, take the $36 million, and now he can be traded to a bunch more places. So, a smart move uh, from Harden to kind of open up the rest of the field, (laughs) I think, for him. And it could be worse for Philadelphia because now Harden likely gone, and at least they're getting something back. He could have just opted out, signed anywhere, and they lose him for nothing. So at least they'll get something back here. Could have been worse. An interesting part from the Amex story, again, up on theathletic.com slash no dunks. Uh, Your final day, actually, to take advantage of that uh, dollar a month deal for 12 months. Uh, Sources say, this is Sam Amex, sources say Maury insisted that he was choosing not to discuss free agency before it was permitted by league rules, in large part because of the price that the Sixers paid for doing so previously. 
Uh, they got in trouble, remember, with uh, P.J. Tucker, uh, House Jr., uh, losing, ultimately, uh, a pick. Now, people are calling bullshit on this. So, like, right, what, suddenly Daryl Morey's, like, following the rules like he gives a damn? <laughs> Derek Bodner says... He just thinks, uh, he's not buying this whole, like, Maury was afraid of tampering penalties and stuff like that. Or that even Harded wanted out because there's this lack of communication and Maury's just gone dark and wouldn't talk about it. He thinks what happened here is exactly what you said, Trey. It's like Harden lost leverage because Houston was no longer interested in making an offer. The offer he wants just isn't there. He's frustrated that Maury won't bid against himself and uh, get, give him the contract that he thinks he deserves. And that's why we're now at this point saying, hey, trade me. This is his third trade request. James Harden on the three goat. different teams. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody better at requesting trades. It made me flashback instantly to the light blue Houston Rockets jerseys that we last saw yeah. James Harden playing in. Uh, so will we see the magical shrinking Harden once again? He puts on a new uniform for a new team, looks like a different guy. Uh, but yeah, this is just a little... Definitely surprising considering that it's Harden and it's Maury. It seemed like the wink-wink deal was mm-hmm. in place, but Maury is making the smart moves uh, for Philadelphia right now, saying, look, man, you're not the same guy. You're not the MVP candidate you were once upon a time. It's going to be hard to find somebody better than James Harden for Philadelphia going forward, but uh, it makes sense to not be tied to him for the next four seasons. Yeah, and the Rockets are making the right move by not giving him a three- or four-year max or something close to that. And the question I want the answer to, but we'll probably never get the answer to, how interested were the Rockets in the first place? Or was this James Harden's people just throwing it out there to create that leverage, to create a bidding war that nobody is bidding against? And uh, I I want to know what the Sixers are or were willing to give Harden as well. Was it, you know, another year in, on an extension? Two more years right. at, at 25 per or whatever. But, yeah, you can't find somebody as good as Harden, but they will change their style of play. They will be a different team because Harden is so ball dominant. Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting to see Maxi step into a new, a new role unless they get another number one, which is... The juicy part. What happens with these trades? So who could trade for Harden? Who wants to trade for Harden? Who will? I mean, again, I said the Clippers, the Heat, those are the two teams, I guess, as the front runners, according to Shams. Feels like the Clippers, uh, this idea of Harden opting in and forcing his way to uh, L.A., to the Clips, that's been, it was gaining this weird, like, little bit of momentum. You were hearing some whispers over the last couple of days. What are they trading? What do the Sixers want back? How long will Dare Morey, like, just drag this out? Look what he did with Ben Simmons. It was like nine months. He's like, okay, I don't care. We don't like the deals we're getting right now. We'll just wait on it. Now, it's a little different because that was like Simmons under a four-year contract. Harden here is an expiring deal for a team. Uh, I can't imagine you're going to get a ton in return, but what are the Clippers offering? What do you got? It's interesting to think about how long this is going to take because, like you're saying, when it was Ben Simmons, Maury just said, I'll wait as long as possible. Uh, And it ended up working out for him, hilariously enough, getting uh, James Harden. It's a little bit different here because the CBA kicks in at midnight and there are different trade matching rules with regards to how much salary they can bring back. So Philadelphia probably wants to get it done in the next 14 hours here, (laughs) if they really can. Uh, and, you know, despite the fact that Daryl Morey is not paying up for James Harden, I assume they still like each other. It feels like they're going to be working together, and it feels like the Clippers is the spot for Harden. It's James Harden's hometown, Los Angeles. 
We know that the Clippers have been in the market for a point guard for the past couple of seasons. They had the great Reggie Jackson shooting year. They brought in Eric Gordon at the end of last season. They just want somebody who can distribute to Paul George and Kawhi when they're both playing out there. And that's something that's actually interesting uh, for the Clippers with James Harden. That guy plays. That guy's going to be on the court. You can't say that about their other two superstars. So I don't know if they like the stability there. I'm sure if it's Philadelphia trading to the Clippers, their ideal trade would be getting back Paul George and Norm Powell for Harden and Tobias Harris. Right. But (laughs) if you're the Clippers, there ain't no way they're going to do it. Most likely, Terrence Mann, Norm Powell, and a couple of picks coming back to Philadelphia, and then maybe Maury does something there or just tries to roll with those couple of guys. But it's going to be weird to see the market for Harden. There's one place everybody knows he wants to go, L.A., and there aren't a lot of good players out there who you're going to trade for a guy that could be a rental. What do you think, Tess, about the Clippers package? What would it look like? I think Norm Powell would probably be the biggest name, uh, along with picks coming back to Philly. The problem if, with if Norman Powell one. is he's like under contract for three years. Uh-huh. Right? I don't know if Philly oh. would want that in return. Why not? He's a scorer. Sure. He can make things happen. He's won a championship with Nick Nurse before. You'd, you'd be the number six, uh, the, the six man, I assume, uh, on that team. You know, it may not look all that sexy, but maybe the makeup of the team is just a little bit better with Norm Powell and, you know, supporting parts. Uh, they have a lot of supporting parts that they could they could deal to, to Philly, so they could have a lot of a lot of players fit uh, with Joel Embiid. There's a three-team deal that's got a, a little juice to it. It's just because of the names, uh, but the Blazers, Clippers, and Sixers and throwing Damian Lillard uh, into that mix, going uh, to Philadelphia with Harden, going to the Clippers, and basically – the 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 Sixers and the Blazers just throwing uh, Sixers and Clippers just throwing picks at the Blazers essentially them getting younger that ain't that bad uh, I heard the Athletic NBA show throw that out there this kind of fits to me uh, but that would be a monster a monster of a deal to make happen but yeah Dame willing to take every single shot uh, that Harden wasn't at times with the Philadelphia 76ers Harden on the Clippers it makes a heck of a lot of sense a guy who isn't injured, a guy who does play, is an innings eater for sure. And a uh, point guard, yeah. With Westbrook is unlikely to come back, I'd say. Yeah, the, the long line of guys that they've just had there to try and feed everybody else. And, you know, if Joe Cronin and the Blazers actually do bite the bullet and say, it's time. It's time to go scoot Shaden Sharp in the future. I, it makes sense. It's, it's, I, I, I hesitate saying it, letting it come out of my mouth because... It's just almost too big to happen, uh, but I, I could see I could see that working out because the Clippers, uh, along with the Sixers, combining their picks uh, to to throw at at the Blazers could make them happy enough. If you just look at the Clippers and Sixers making a deal for James Harden, Norman Powell, Marcus Morris Senior, their contracts add up to thirty five million, so that would basically work. Now that doesn't feel like enough. Morris expiring, that's probably good. From Philadelphia side of things, I said there, Norman Powell, three years left, though you think he's a solid player. A lot of people do. Yeah, he, um, maybe he led the league in points per game off the bench yeah, this year. and he's a great three-point shooter. They could use some of that. Uh, Clippers also have Robert Covington, uh, Batum. They make around you know, 11 to $12 million. They could be uh, included in some sort of deal. They're expiring deals. I think the holdup will be Terrence Mann to me. It's like the Sixers I could see really wanting a guy like that. He's just beginning, uh, what, a two-year, $22 million uh, uh, contract here. So really affordable. 
He's not as young as you might think. Uh, I always think like Terrence Mann is like 22, 23. He's not. He's like uh, 27, I believe. But he's good. I think the Clippers are going to want to keep him, though, because they have before. So they're going to try and make this deal with Powell, Morris. Sure, maybe a Covington, maybe a Batum in here for James Harden. And then whatever picks they have, I think they have a couple future picks. Maybe there's a pick swap. We're talking down the line here. But is that enough? Like, is Maury going to take something like that? Or is Maury just going to do what he always does and say, no, I don't care. Daryl Maury is one of these people, I'm convinced, that, like, loves bad comedy. Loves, like, uh, awkward situations. You know, people, some people hate that. Like, some people can't even watch the Office UK version because it makes them, like, ugh, it's cringy. It's uncomfortable. Maury loves it. I think he revels in it. He must go to bad, like, stand-up comedian shows all the time just to see people bomb i think he gets off on it mm-hmm. he loves living in the un, uh in the in that uncomfortable sort of aura he's a big broadway guy so you're totally right yeah there you go uh so i think he like i don't think him he'll take that maybe if man's included maybe that's not great return for james harden but then again he's an expiring deal there is that whole part whoever trades for him he might be gone it might be a rental well, yeah, of course. With James Harden, everything maybe not might with, be Maybe a not rental. with the Clippers. Philadelphia didn't think he was going to be a rental. Right. <laughs> and guess what? He was. So, yeah, you're, that's your risk if you sign him to a long deal. But he can't even negotiate an extension this season because yeah. he can only do this this one year. And then we're talking uh, next year. If I'm the Clippers, I don't think Terrence Mann would be the hang-up for me. Okay. I, I agree with you. He probably is, and that'll be the last part of negotiations. But it's a little like uh, when the Lakers would not trade Taylor Horton Tucker for anything, and then they finally did, and it's like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, uh, he's your best young player. If you think that the Harden thing is going to work, if the Clippers do, then I would come up off of uh, Terrence Mann. There. Sure. So Terrence Mann, some sort of expiring contract in that ten to twenty million dollar range. So like Morris, maybe Batum, whatever. Maybe more young talent, whatever. Boston Junior, Bones Highland. You know, he actually is young, and then some whatever trade picks and swaps you can do. How do you feel about that, Tess, for the Sixers? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm asking for Norm Powell because he's, he's been part of a championship team. And then, yeah, you're, you're just hoping that the chemistry is good. <laughs> That's what, and you're hoping that Tyrese Maxey takes a big step. All those parts that you're saying there. Yes, Batum's going to chip in. You can probably let George Niang go. Uh, yeah, th- those guys will contribute, but you need top-end talent. And the top-end talent is Tyrese Maxey being better. Um, or... Yeah, Norm Powell contributing. He honestly was uh, a key part to that Clippers team, uh, even in the postseason when they got waxed. Um, and I'm not taking that Damian Lillard trade off the table either in, in a three-team deal. There definitely could be a three-team deal. I, I mean, why wouldn't – you could see the Wizards popping their head in here and, like, getting involved somehow, moving DeLon Wright and or Monte Morris and or Monte Morris, getting involved, taking on something, taking on salary. I could see that. Uh, but you're you're swinging for the fences there with Dame being involved in this too. That guy doesn't want to be traded. He's the opposite of James Harden. James Harden shows up, he's like, trade me. <laughs> Damian Lillard does the opposite. He never waits never, too long. Never, never, uh, You You were talking about like sort of, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you like guys were saying like for Maury, you know, good. You know, Harden, you're not like a four-year, $40 million guy anymore. No, I'm not giving you that. Um, I agree. But there are some ramifications possibly to this, right? And I'm talking about Joel Embiid. He's gone. Yeah. That was my first reaction when I saw that James Harden requested a trade. Future Heat, Joel Embiid, it's on the table. And that's why I think that the offers specifically for Harden aren't going to be that great. Because if you're looking at that team and you're saying, 
hmm, one star's leaving. They don't know how they're going to replace him. What does that mean for the other guy? You'd rather have the other guy. Like the Knicks, they have been pretty hesitant to make a huge yep. trade here, and there have been multiple players that have come available, Donovan Mitchell included. You go in with everything for Joel Embiid. You don't do it for James Harden, which is what we're going to see in the next couple of weeks here, if it even lasts that long, because I kind of don't think Maury is in a position where he can just say, fine, we're going to make it awkward. We're going to have our second highest paid player. We're getting absolutely nothing from that slot again. In a, in a season where Joel Embiid just came off of the MVP, uh, yeah, bad stuff for Philadelphia. What do you think about the Embiid factor of it all? Well, the trickle-down effect? I, I think Maury yeah, gets this deal done likely before the new CBA kicks in because you can take on more money and it would limit him uh, how much he can do 24 hours from now even. So he's got the most wiggle room right now. This isn't the Ben Simmons scenario where – uh, nobody wanted him, and he's got to beat other teams to the punch. Like if there is a deal with the Miami Heat, he's got to beat them to the beat other teams uh, to the punch. So I think I think we're going to see a deal here. Joel Embiid, they can replenish this team in 12 months around Joel Embiid again. So I don't think it's necessarily that Joel Embiid is gone. But what do I know? What do I know? I, I thought the. Uh, I thought, yeah, the the Nets would be a scenario where no one would request a trade, and they all did. <laughs> and they're all gone. <laughs> Do you think uh, the Knicks would be interested in trying to get Harden cheap uh, here with the Evan Fournier contract, you know, maybe one of their young guys in a Quickly or a Grimes or a Toppin? I guess maybe an R.J. Barrett, though you're getting up to another level there. Josh Hart, he opted into the last season of his deal. Uh, you don't think so, Trey. You think the Knicks are doing this, the, the wise thing here of, like, I guess waiting for Joel Embiid or at least one of those big, big names to then have all the ammo to put together an enticing trade package. Yeah, I think that Embiid would be the goal uh, for the Knicks, but the Knicks are in a position where they've got some young guys who have some reputation around the league, like a Quickly or, or Grimes, maybe even a Barrett, like you're saying. They've also got extra picks from Dallas, from Detroit, that if they're able to get Harden for cheap and you're not going through everything that you've acquired in the past couple of seasons, then yeah, maybe they make that move. But uh, it wouldn't be surprised, surprising to me if they just keep their powder dry and wait for the next guy. Yeah, they should. Yeah, Harden and Brunson is not as good as mix as Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi. Right. I, I don't think. But you think Daryl Morey is absolutely calling every team, you know, last night, today, and saying, what's your best Harden package you can put together? Yeah. I mean, again, he is a good player still. This guy led the league in assists. He's 21-10. and 10. He plays a ton. He had big, big moments in the playoffs. He had his classic uh, stinkers in the playoffs, of course. But he is solid. He's still an all-star level guy. And he's an expiring deal. Like, there are teams, I think, there could be a surprise team here with the way Morey will call every team, and someone will be like, sure, we'll take a, a, you know, a one-year stab at this as long as we're not giving up like the future for them. Uh, why not? I, I think there will be a squad. Because if even if it goes, I guess, poorly or whatever, like it's expiring. You don't need yep. to re-sign them. You're not going to be doing an extension like you said. You can't. So that's what Maury's doing here. Yeah, today. <laughs> He's calling every single team. Can you do better than Terrence Mann? Uh, Marcus Morris and uh, you know a pick or whatever uh, the Clippers are trying to dangle at me. I guess Tyler Hero is in the mix as usual <laughs> as well for the Miami Heat. So 
there are players out there that are better than Terrence Mann yeah. and Tyler Hero. Uh, if some team wants to come over the top, uh, I'm seeing people suggest perhaps uh, Zach Levine from the Chicago yeah. Bulls, a young guy uh, next to Embiid, would fit really nicely uh, alongside him. And that's a couple of teams that have been in trade talks uh, definitely in the past. Yeah, I don't know. No, I wouldn't totally be against it. You know I'd be ordering me a Harden 13 jersey like an absolute clown. <laughs> well, let's, well, let's talk about the Bulls unless you guys have anything else on Harden or we just wait at this point until he gets traded. Well, it's got to be a team that's on the precipice of winning, right? I, I don't think it's a Bulls team. I think it's got to be a team that's right there if you're getting a guy who's going to be 34 next season and bounces around a lot and is going to tr- request a trade from your team potentially. I am like other than the Clippers, the Heat definitely makes sense. I am curious what they would be willing to offer because it seemed like the deal uh, for Bradley Beal that they had on the table was a couple players and a couple picks. Whether it was Lowry Robinson, Hero Robinson, uh, and a couple first round picks. Now that's Beal under contract for a long time. Mm-hmm. This is Harden for one year potentially, <laughs> uh, but a guy that I don't know, doesn't really doesn't really fit Heat culture. But would they be willing to play with him to get him a ring? I, I don't know. I don't think there's that many suitors, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk about the Bulls a little bit more. Uh, the Bulls and center uh, Nikola Vucevic agreed to a contract extension. Franchise announced this on Wednesday. Three years, $60 million, TK. Vucci, baby. Staying with the Bulls for now. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what are your <laughs> thoughts on this? Some people were very upset. What? They're running it back. Vooch for $20 million. Are you kidding me? And others are saying, well, what else were they going to do? What, what camp are you in? What else were they going to do? And also, who are they bidding against? So it's kind of both, but I mean, $20 million a year for a starting center, that ain't crazy. And like you're saying, Vooch is still tradable. They retained the salary slot, and if they weren't going to bring back Vooch and they had to go bargain basement shopping, you're talking about Christian Wood or Plumlee or the promising Dwight Powell. You're downgrading, absolutely. I don't necessarily love that the last year the deal is fully guaranteed, Would have been fine if that was a team option or a partial guarantee there, Mm -hmm. but the Bulls can still make moves, which is fine. There are ways that they can improve the team and change the team. Like we're talking about this Harden thing. Trading Levine would basically be a salary dump and you're resetting the books for the 2024 summer. Uh, But I don't know. I thought John Hollinger was kind of right on things. He's like, yeah, this looks like a crazy deal. It's a high price but it doesn't really limit the Bulls, optionality-wise. So, uh, fine by me, and, you know, I'll just uh, be tearing my hair out watching this guy for the next three seasons. <laughs> yeah, <Vucci> baby. <laughs> and some people were wondering, you slipped it in there, why did they do this? Why wouldn't they just wait to free agency and see if Vooch could be retained for less? Like, what was the market for this guy? The counter to that is he is immediately tradable on the extension. He wouldn't have been as a free agent. So, yeah, there is that that possibility because Vucevic's contract it can be traded in July because unlike most extensions his salary did not increase by more than 5% that's a little loophole there uh, what did you think about the Bulls <laughs> keeping Vooch well, maybe hanging around the Denver Nuggets during the finals rubbed off on him maybe he's going to be a championship type player um, for who? <laughs> the Bulls? For the I love it. I love it. Preach, preach. type player oh, okay. bringing the attitude it takes to win in this league well, it's an average salary for a starting center, so okay, yeah, that's fine. You can trade him. Okay, that's totally fine. He played all eighty-two games last year. Mm. Wow, mm. what Best other center ability. were they even going to get? Let's yeah. say he goes. Who? It, you're, you're not going to probably have enough. I don't think you would have had enough for Brook Lopez. Uh, 
And then what? It's like <laughs> I just uh, Mason Plumley, Christian Wood, yeah. Mason Plumley, yeah. Dwight Powell, and I mean Pirtle, I guess is like uh, does he sort stay? of yeah. sort of available, but maybe not. Uh, and probably would be just as expensive as Vooch. So uh, it's fine. Yeah, it's, on, it's just fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's the, the Nikola Vucevic of contracts. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, and it could turn into somebody else because it is tradable because they made the right move of making it happen right now, but before July first. So. It's it's willing. They were willing to sign it for him to play there, but they're also willing to include him in a package. So, so yeah. what's next for Big this fine. team? Here? Big fine. Obviously, DeRozan has one year, twenty nine million dollars left. Levine, he's on his long term deal, four years, one hundred seventy eight million. Um, are, are we? Are they going to just go? Hey, one more time, one more time, Vooch, <laughs> Zach Levine, Demar Derozan. Let's. Uh, we got a great trio here. <laughs> <laughs> we have three all stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to run it back. They don't have to. What they should do is trade DeMar DeRozan. This has been our tourist Karnishevis best move, bringing in this guy. Like you're saying, he's now eligible for an extension. His contract is expiring. You can double down on this being your best move by rehabilitating DeRozan's trade value across the league, getting two great seasons out of him, and then bringing back some assets that were lost in the Vucevic trade. So I would continue to gauge the market on Levine. A trade doesn't totally seem likely right now. There are just better players available. Uh, I would be looking to move DeRozan. And then, of course, fielding offers for Caruso. Like, he might get a first-round pick back. He's that good of a perimeter defender. A team might be interested in Vooch come the trade deadline. Right. I think we just need a big to kind of help there. Uh, but more than likely, they're just going to sign Ayo Desumu, Kobe White, and then try and find another point guard out there and George Niang. George Niang might be a bull. Oh, my God. They need some shooting, man. Get the minivan yeah. in there. So you you would like the, your team to, like, basically start over, if you could. In a perfect world, you would be one of the worst teams uh, sort of in the league? Well, in a perfect world, we'd have time travel. And we'd go back to 2017 and not trade Jimmy Butler. Mm. That would be in a perfect world. But I don't love the idea of just running it back with this exact same yeah. big three. Uh, yeah. It's just not very inspiring. Well, especially, like you said, if they retain those free agents— Io, Kobe, Patrick Beverly, like they're coming close to the luxury tax for a team that was under 500. If they are just this squad here, and there's the unfortunate no Lonzo Ball, and he's going to miss the entire season and all that, but that's a lot of money to pay for a team that can't even get to 500. That's brutal. So we'll see. We'll see what the uh, the trade market is for any of those guys, all three of those guys, because like we said, Vucci could be moved. Would you have liked this move better, just letting Vooch go and potentially trading Caruso and Pat Williams that I, I threw out there for DeAndre Ayton? Basically a, another version of Nikola Vucevic. It's <laughs> the, the other non-screen setter flipper. That's a no for me, dog. Yeah. yeah. Just not a DeAndre Ayton fan. I well, mean, just, yeah. I mean, if there are... If they had picks they could include as well, then yeah. But I think you can do better than just Aiton for those guys. We'll see, yeah. Uh, yeah, if there's Caruso, I assume is going to be dealt at some point. Because um, he was in rumors last year. But it, it, this is a wait and see. They have they just kept their options open, really. But if they run it back, that would be disappointing to see the Bulls just I do same sort of, same thing. I like how you're always saying the Bulls are back. Now it's just the Bulls are running it back. Bulls are running it back. <laughs> it's the running it back of the Bulls. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you the, mentioned it earlier, though, Tess. Yeah. Brooke Lopez, he's better than Vucevic. Yeah, absolutely. So he should get more than three years he and should. $60 million. He should. Dollars, he should. Which is expensive for the Milwaukee Bucks. 
But they got to bring him back. They, yeah, they cannot let Brooke Lopez uh, just walk. They won't be able to replace him very easily. And we saw how much of a difference Brooke made to their defense comparing uh, the 23 season to the 22 season. So I'm kind of interested to see that. I mean, if he's getting $20 million a season, Vucevic is, then Lopez should at least be looking for that. More like 25 to 30, yeah. I would think. And that makes for quite the hefty bill for Milwaukee. For sure. Uh, the Kings are keeping their guy, too. Kings forward Harrison Barnes has agreed to a three-year, $54 million contract extension. The deal keeps Barnes out of unrestricted free agency and obviously secures one of Sacramento's most dependable performers. He's always good for, for 15 points and some good three-point shooting and decent defense, and he's a vet and all that. Uh, this leaves the Kings with roughly $17 million in cap space for other pursuits. But, like, takes him out of the running for, like, any sort of, uh, like, Kuzma, we thought, maybe. Probably Grant Williams. I doubt he would be going there to this team now that they've keeping Harrison Barnes. Uh, were you shocked by this at all, Tass, that uh, they came to a contract extension with Harry Bow? Well, you know, for as outsiders, oh, we want movement. We want Kuzma there. We want to see some action. Uh, Jeremy, Gr- Jeremy Grant was uh, a rumor. Draymond Green, the big rumor. They stayed steady. There's something to be said for that. It's a lot of continuity. This team played a lot together. Not mad at it whatsoever. Nobody gets mad at Harrison Barnes. He he. Nobody Draymond does. He got mad at Harry. Yeah, Bo? he's very mad that Harrison Barnes didn't invite him to his wedding. Really? <laughs> yes. He invited all the other Warriors. Why not Draymond? Holy cow! Can't trust him, man. Make a scene, flip a table, <laughs> punch somebody. I don't, I don't blame I'm, Harrison Barnes. It was a risk he could not take. <laughs> not on his big day. On his yeah, big day. That's right. Did you see Draymond Green yesterday? He can't even drink. Uh, did you see him at the, oh, the he golf course? Yeah, yeah, oh. So he's not going to cause problems at a wedding. <laughs> he loves love. Uh, yeah, that's a great backstory. Very interesting. I guess they can't bring Draymond Green into the the, the Sacramento <laughs> Kings now. They're done. Him or me. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do the the Kings do on top of this? I, I don't think. Listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at them for not overpaying for Kyle Kuzma. That may have not been a good fit. I ain't mad at that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, again, you know, you look at the Nuggets and you say, we hope to be that one day. Let's keep the thing flowing here that we got. I don't think it takes them out of the running of another big man. They traded away Rashawn Holmes. Grant Williams could be a guy that they, they get. They still do have room. Uh, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't use it all. And so I think there's potential there that, they signed Grant Williams to a, a double-digit mill deal, and the Celtics say now we can't match that uh, because he is a restricted free agent. So I think that's the type of guy that they go for. Does that really, really boost their defense? I don't know. Not all that much, I guess, but it, I think it's something. Well, like I said, $17 million in cap space. Uh, that could be bringing Trey Lyles back uh into the fold. It could be uh, renegotiating and extending uh, Sabonis and his deal. It could be, like you said, I guess someone like Grant Williams. There's a lot of rumor they should just throw the bag at Bruce Brown, try and steal him from the Denver Nuggets, and he could sort of fit in. He could slot into every team we've talked about. Uh, I don't know how likely that is. But, yeah, there's some, some some wiggle room here for the Kings, and they decided to, I guess, yeah, not throw a big, big deal at either Draymond, if you ever believed he was leaving Golden State, or a Kuzma or something like that, and just uh, bring back Harrison Barnes. Steady Harry. And uh, still have some, uh, still have, have some some room to operate with because I don't think they're done. I don't think they should be. I think this, but I think this well, they're is not smart. done, Skeets. We actually have some 
semi-breaking Sacramento Kings news here from Sham Sharania over at The Athletic. The Indiana Pacers are nearing a trade sending guard Chris Duarte to the Sacramento Kings for draft compensation. Okay. Duarte, going to be a king. All right. Well, hey, look. I always say you got a chance to bring a Canadian onto the roster. You do. So... I guess they still have Trey Lyles right now, technically. Uh, Duarte, all right. There you you're, go. The, you're the biggest Chris Duarte fan I know. Oh, huge. <laughs> Absolutely huge. Man, he had a poop Sure, year. take a flyer he, on he him. He didn't do anything. No, he's he done a nothing. Bad year last year. Yeah, yeah. Take a flyer was, on him. His rookie year was definitely decent. Decent, decent for sure. Okay, so the Kings are doing a little other things here. Kings things. Kings things. I'm with you. They need another big guy. Alex Len ain't going to cut it as the big off the bench, but... It's just a little uninspiring. The Kings made their draft day move with Rashawn Holmes and sending him and the 24 pick to Dallas. It looked like they were going to do something spicy, but instead they're just playing the continuity game, which is probably smart. Look what the Denver Nuggets did. They just kept their team together for years and years, and eventually it paid off uh, in the long run. So I kind of think they will renegotiate and extend Sabonis. The guy just made all NBA. Like, looks like a great pairing uh, next to Fox. Lyles was a solid uh, small ball big uh, as well, and they can sign him. And then they brought back Harrison Barnes, who, if anybody's interested, still could be traded. Otherwise, just a steady, hairy kind of guy. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, The other big news from the last couple days, the Rockets are preparing. I think this was from Mark Stein. The Rockets are preparing a two-year, $85 million max offer to Fred Van Vliet. My goodness, Tass, your thoughts. A lot of money for FVV. I love this move. I think it's really, really smart. It's a lot of money, but they have to pay somebody these next two years. Mm -hmm. They have so many young guys on rookie contracts. They have to pay somebody. Why not an adult in the room that people respect? Fred Van Vliet will come in there and help out guys on the floor. They have so many young guys. I I was astonished looking up and down this roster and thinking about it. They need a guy who's won a championship, who has a lot of respect, ball in his hands uh, to to look at and and to help out because not only is it Jalen Green and Jabari Smith and Alper and Shengun, but now Amon Thompson, Kevin Porter Jr., Cam Whitmore, there are so many young Terry's and there's so many young guys. They, they, I think they're looking at other players as well, but I think you need a point guard. And I think this is the best. You look at all the options. Harden was not a good option for this team. Kyrie Irving, not a good option for this team. This is the best option. And they're only going to pay him for two years. Right, so right. it makes sense from both sides. Number one, you, you got to pay somebody these next two years until those contracts expire have to be renegotiated and extended. Why not Fred Van Vliet? I think it's perfect. And you don't have to pay him in year three, year four, where he might not be as good physically. And for Fred, he's kind of betting on himself uh, in two years. So, so it's, I think it's a great deal. I think it makes so much sense not to handcuff themselves in year three and year four and get this dude uh, who I think will will be a, a real just, just guy that they look at and I don't know if they give him the big locker that James Harden used to have. Uh, it's it's ridiculous uh, how they how how they configured that locker room. My man Kelly Eco reminded me. Remember those those Dwight Howard and James Harden days in Houston? They made two huge lockers, like double lockers, okay, for Harden and Dwight Howard. Harden got the supreme locker. That's now Kevin Porter Jr.'s locker. Oh wow! Uh, so I don't know if they. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that hasn't worked out. He got there. He well. got there earlier than some of the other yeah, guys. Yeah, he beat them. But <laughs> but Fred's going to help a guy like him, Porter Jr., who was nineteen five and five last year, and 
he's he's actually has a really long contract there. Now, is he going to want to go to the bench and, and play off the bench? I don't know, but he his numbers were were pretty good, and they get they need an adult. I think this is the best option. I think it's a really good. Tess really good Mellis move. talking about Van Vliet to the Rockets like it's a done deal. Yeah, you don't see him come back to the Raptors <laughs> if it's going to be this type of money here. I yeah, I, they're not going to do that. You, I don't think. What do you think, TK? I think this is a smart way for the Rockets to kind of game the system here. They've got so much cap space, and they have to spend it mm-hmm. uh, basically up to the floor. So why not make it too expensive for the Raptors to want to match uh, or even give Van Vliet a third year or something along those lines? Like Tass says, this makes so much sense for Houston because as soon as Van Vliet's big deal is off the books, you know, $42.5 million, whatever it may be, he'll only be 32 at which point you could give him a longer deal on a shorter amount of money or a smaller amount of money if you wanted, or just say, thanks for your service. Thank you for teaching our young guys how to play. They're ready to play and they're all getting expensive now as well. Yeah. So I think this is pretty smart. Yeah. The Rockets and Udoka, it's, it's, there's no doubt that they want to bring in, especially at the guard position, some vets, some guys that have won in this league before, know how to win. They're professionals. So they can just be like, obviously follow these guys, look at these guys, get some guidance from these guys. I'm talking about their young guys. But also, like, remember, this was a team, like, these young guys had to play, and there was no threat to ever them not to play because, well, who was going to play? So, like, Porter yep. and Jalen Green, I think that maybe stunted their growth a little bit. This will have, if they do sign, you know, Van Vliet, if they do bring in Dylan Brooks, or or maybe it's Brooke Lopez at the center position, I feel like it'll be Van Vliet and probably Brooks. Um that's like, okay, now you have to earn your minutes <laughs> because they're going to like stars and if you got to play defense and obviously play a, a team ball here to earn your opportunity. And that, that, makes, that makes sense. Um, I think it can like drag these guys up, these young guys on the Rockets up a little bit. I like this. This is a really smart contract proposal from the Rockets. That two years, like people are going to go nuts when they find out Van Vliet is potentially making, you know, like $40 million plus. Like people are going to be like, what? But for two years, still in his prime, and we know what he can do, it it works for them. They're one of the rare teams this makes sense to yeah. throw a huge deal like that at them, a yeah. max deal for two years. He's a free agent at the right time uh, with uh, the CBA oh, lo- new looming. New TV money kicking in, too. Wouldn't it be around there? What, what do you mean? Oh. Well, isn't that in like 2025-26? So if, he'd yeah. si- if he were to sign a two-year deal, then mm-hmm. Leek could be playing this perfectly, him and his agents. Right. And and the Rockets are as well because maybe you don't want to pay Fred VanVleet year thirty three year thirty four at forty mil. No, this is and it just it just works out perfectly for him in terms of timing because the Rockets have to spend. They can't really pay anybody else next year on their roster. They're all still on their rookie deals, so it's two years. You got to pay somebody. Now, are they going to screw it up and pay somebody else a lot of money and go you know way over the cap or, or something? Uh, by by extending it, extending an offer to somebody in the long term, maybe like a Kuzma or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. exactly. Right. We'll see. But so far, this report makes it smart. Dylan Brooks would would be the next guy. It makes sense, I think, because it's not a ton of money. And then Brooke Lopez, I think, those are the top three guys that are on there desired players list. But they're um, not getting all three of those guys if Van Vliet's getting forty plus million, are they? Probably not. I don't think they've they got have like it. sixty to spend. I think yes. right. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Sixty under the cap. Um, yeah, you can you can sneak in at twelve. Mm-hmm. Maybe Dylan takes twelve. Yeah, yeah that, that, that can find, yeah. Sure. yeah, you can find a way to to get all three, I guess. But 
I assume Brooks going back to Milwaukee, probably taking a bit of a discount because of what Chris Middleton just did. He does the same. So, yeah, he's getting around Vooch money, I imagine. Let me hit with, hit you with some other things here. Just quickly, you can talk about uh, all of them or none of them if you want. Uh, reports that Kyrie Irving is going to meet with the Suns. Yeah. Once free agency begins. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah you're, why, why, are you, why are you loving that? Uh, it's just, is, is there, has anybody seen any leverage around here? <laughs> I'm going to Phoenix. I'm going to see if they got any leverage down there. So, so they can pay me the vet minimum. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll leave. I want him to do it so <laughs> bad. I, oh, man. Uh, I would love it. I would love if Kyrie went and joined some whatever super team, whatever you want to call it, I mean, for the Vets minimum. We threw it out there that he'd be the kind of guy to think about retirement. Would he be the kind of guy to want to play with Beal and Book? That would be so weird, a backcourt of those three guys. <laughs> yeah. But who's going to play? Yeah, it uh, okay. sounds, sounds well, like not, a leverage. Yeah, that's the thing. Nobody has to play every night. If you got if you mm. got a lot of superstars, we can all rest. <laughs> He could be screwing the Mavs here by doing this too, though. Like by dragging it out, I think they would. It would have been favorable favorable for them to like come to an agreement with uh, Kyrie right, right away to then like move on, ta- start thinking about their MLEs and stuff like that. I actually think he's screwing them here if he drags this out and takes all these meetings and stuff like that. Uh, someone don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it does uh, hurt them a little bit. Uh, the Pacers are targeting Max Struess for a three-year, forty-eight million dollar contract. That was a report yesterday. Any thoughts? I mean, the Pacers were thought. like linked to uh, Harrison Barnes for a long time, yep. um, and so there there is now this one here, Struess. I think they're going to be linked to a lot of uh, mid-level free yep. agents uh, right now. They've got some money to spend. They've got uh, a great backcourt going right now. They've got Miles Turner is back in their frontcourt. They got Jarris Walker now, so there's still holes to be filled. They don't have a very deep team, so. All these guys who were kind of in the middle, like 16 mil for Max Struess. That looks crazy, but what a glow up for him. Uh, somebody told me that he looks like Nick Kroll. Mm. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Not, I used to think he looked like Tass Mellis, yeah. but now every time yeah. I look at him, I'm like blue-eyed Nick Kroll for sure. <laughs> that's, that's tough. Uh, but yeah, I can. Uh, it's like, who else have been the Pacers been linked to? Definitely Grant Williams. Yep. Uh, Harrison Barnes was in the yep. mix before, so there are a lot of these mid-level guys that are going to at least be using the Pacers for that sweet, sweet leverage. And now they're trading Chris Duarte, so they could use another shooter. Max contract Struess. That's a lot of money for Struess, but he does the things you need in the NBA, that's for sure. And so a huge glow-up. That's a great term for it. Great for him. Four years just bouncing around minimums, less than minimums. He helped, he helped the Heat backcourt, and so I guess they're. this is a case where they're trying to sort of overpay and get a guy they want. Uh, the Lakers were uh, working the books there yesterday. I believe they waved Mo Bamba. What did they do with uh, Malik Beasley? Somebody remind me. I don't think. I guess they, they just didn't, didn't pick up, pick his, up his option. Yeah. yeah. So they did a lot of this, people think, because they're very interested in Nuggets forward Bruce Brown. Uh, trying to open up enough money to sort of go over the top of what we know the Nuggets uh, can offer him. Uh, they're in a bit of a pickle there, Denver is, unless they can convince him to come back to the championship team and then obviously make a, a renegotiation and extension in the future. But uh, Lakers being interested in Bruce Brown, any thoughts? They should be. Yeah. Uh, he'll be Great. an excellent player uh, alongside LeBron and AD as another ball handler, another guy who can defend, crash the glass, just make plays in transition. Bruce Brown would fit so many places, and he's going to have – basically his choice of where he wants to go because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be able to offer the same mid-level extension to him. 
maybe another team decides to go over the top. That could have been the Kings. They decided not to, um, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Bruce Brown, I guess people are still talking about he could go back to Denver because there is a big difference in, in the amounts he would get, $7.8 million, 12.4 to $12.8 million. That's a $5 million gap for a guy that hasn't made a ton of money yet mm-hmm. in his career. But if he decides, I'm just going to postpone it for one year, try and get another uh, another ring and do the Bobby Portis thing, it's reasonable, but yeah. he's just going to have to make a big pros and cons list because there's going <laughs> to be a lot of teams who want this guy. Right? Yeah, he could fit anywhere. Uh, and so the Lakers would be yeah, so happy getting him. What does Bruce want? What's on the pros? What does Bruce side? want? What does Bruce need? Uh, and the Clippers are not guaranteeing Eric Gordon's $21 million deal next season. Uh, just to go back to them, full circle here, starting with them and those James Harden rumors, but uh, Eric Gordon, not guaranteed. So they declined on that $21 million. Not a surprise, I don't think. No, that would have been a big number to pay yeah. Eric Gordon. And obviously they, I think, didn't Windhorse report that they saved like $100 million or something yes, like that in luxury right. tax. Uh, a team will take a chance on Eric Gordon. He'll be a helpful guy to a contender, just like the Clippers thought he was going to be this year. Yeah, and he was. I mean, he, he was very, very useful yeah. on their team. Uh, final breaking news here. Apparently ESPN has let go of Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah. Their top NBA analyst, JVG. Uh, this is from The Post, saying that uh, he's been let go. Jalen Rose as well. Really? Yes. They're just revamping their ESPN broadcast? What's going on? High-profile layoffs, according to the New York Post. My goodness. So, Jeff Van Gundy on the market. Which team will make a play for him? Where does he fit? How do you feel about Jeff Van Gundy running the point for the Raptors next year, Tass? We've seen his ball skills. I guess I'd rather have Stan, if I'm being honest. He's got yeah. the handles. Have we mm. seen Jeff Van Gundy? I thought there was skills? always a clip we show or that were shown uh, of him like playing high school ball. Maybe it's a photo. There's definitely a photo. <laughs> it's a yeah, photo. Yeah, it's like a photo. What is it like? Nazareth, they didn't have cameras. Yeah, Nazareth yeah, right. High School yeah. or whatever. That's. Yeah, that's burned into my brain. Also, yeah, Stan Van's the one with the yeah. bop, 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 bop. The bop, 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 bop. So, uh, I'd rather have Doris first. Raptors wish list at the point guard when it comes to ESPN analysts. Doris at one, Stan Van two, Jeff Van Gundy three. <laughs> Where do I fall? You're, you're, you're taking all these people over the NBA players who've been retired for like two or three seasons. A J.J. Redick. I mean, he wasn't a point guard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Richard Jefferson, not a point guard. Jalen Rose sort of could handle yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Maybe yeah, Jalen. Oh, Bring him back to Toronto. Yeah. America. Somebody watch Devin Booker score 81 on us. You want me to just throw you some random slops here? Sure. Just some <laughs> random slops I am seeing. This one's from Florida Sports Buzz. The Heat and Cavs. I've discussed the sign-in trade involving Max Struess. Okay. Okay. S- decent slop. I, got, I mean, look, that's a player I could see Cleveland. Yep. Uh, yeah, they've been dying for a small forward. Yeah. Gabe Vincent didn't show any interest in Miami's latest contract offer. Vincent's return is looking less likely unless the Heat raises his offer. Okay, yeah. Mm. And there's a lot of talk about him. If, if the Raptors are to lose Fred Van Vliet, then maybe they uh, they scoop Gabe and we have a Gabe and Gary backcourt. Yep. Oh, <laughs> no Gabe Morenci, but a Gabe <laughs> Vincent. Oh, man, we need to go get Cam Reddish so we get Gabe and Cam back together in Toronto Raptors. <laughs> That is a deep cut for you sickos out there. Uh, what else you got? Any more slop? Uh, more teams meeting with Bruce Brown. The Knicks, Rockets, Pacers, and Mavericks. Okay. The Clippers are not offering Paul George in any trade package sure. for James Harden. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't even 
think about asking for it. Um, and that looks like we uh, are caught up with regard. Oh, the, the Houston Rockets are expecting to meet with Kyrie Irving. So, <laughs> oh, that, nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. I think we're all caught up on slop so far. All right. And uh, <laughs> by the way, we are planning if some uh, fun stuff happens at 6 p.m. Eastern when uh, free agency officially starts and we maybe start getting some legitimate news of player going to, you know, stick with his team or go somewhere else, we might jump on tonight on StreamYard and do a little uh, recap of the NBA free agency frenzy. So uh, make sure you subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube and the podcast. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the CBA and have some rapid-fire fun. Don't go anywhere. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. If you're joining us live on YouTube, hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. On Wednesday, the NBA and the Players Association... They, uh, they announced that the final long-form version of the new collective bargaining agreement has, com- has been completed and signed. The seven-year CBA will take effect on July 1st, 2023. That's tomorrow. And run through the 2029-30 season, there is a mutual opt-out option for both sides after the 28-29 season. So we're looking at like six years of labor peace. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed, baby. Uh, and there are a few things to unpack here. We're not going to try and bore you, but this second apron is worth talking about. The first apron, by the way, it's going to be around $7 million above the luxury tax level, but that second apron, that's the headliner. I've never heard those two words said together more than the last week. Oh, man. Second apron. Second apron. Yes, chef. Yes, chef. Corner. Corner. Yes, chef. I was chanting CBA, CBA every time. Every time somebody mentioned a second apron, the second apron. So the second apron. I want you to remember the league pushed for an upper spending limit, basically a hard cap, but they didn't get one. So this is sort of the compromise. This second apron, the soft hard cap, as some call it. It's going to be set at seventeen point five million dollars above the luxury tax level for this upcoming season. It will increase at the same rate of growth as the cap in the ensuing seasons. In the 2023-24, that cap is projected to come in at roughly 136 million and the luxury tax level at 165 million. So then you can do the math when you get to the second apron there. So the penalties, that's all everybody cares about. Well, what does this mean? What if, if my team hits the second apron? What the hell happens? 
Do we like lose our team? <laughs> are we relegated? <laughs> they dissolve a team. No, no, they don't. Uh, here are a couple of the penalties. And shout out to Mike Vorkanoff at The Athletic. Who had an awesome article on this, breaking it all down. I took a lot from it because I'm a nerd. And I sort of, well, I mean, there are levels to nerd them when it comes to the CBA. Uh, I'm probably like right in the middle. I'm not a Danny LaRue. I'm not a Johnny Hall. I'm not a, who else? Obviously a Nate Duncan. Even a Mike Vorkanoff, who really knows his stuff on this. I'm in the middle. Where do you guys fall? <laughs> when it comes to CBA nerdum. Nerdum? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Nerdum. <laughs> Not as nerd much as you. Nerdum if you got him. Not as much as you. Okay, good. That's why I'm here, though. <laughs> that's why you're here. Okay, so the penalties for teams that go past the second apron. They can be severe. Any team that crosses the threshold will lose access to the taxpayer mid-level exception. So this clause... Let me put it into context. This clause would have prevented the 2022 signings of Gallinari to the Celtics, to Dante DiVincenzo to the Warriors, to Joe Ingles to the Bucks. So, again, this is where you'll lose that taxpayer mid-level exception if you hit that second apron. These teams, they can't take in more salary in a trade than they are sending out. Previously, they could take back 125% of their outgoing salaries. You guys talked about this when we were talking about the timing of all these deals here as we hit this new CBA. These teams can't trade first-round picks seven years out anymore. This is the infamous frozen pick. Uh. If you hit the second apron, you know, seven years into the future, you're not going to be able to trade those picks. I mean, you can get them back, and I'm not going to, like, bore you with all of that, but it's, it, it, it is quite a penalty when you think about it, especially the way these deals are put oh, yeah. together now, and we're like, okay, we'll give you three picks and swaps in the future. Well, that would be taken away in theory, way down the line. These teams can't trade cash in any deal. Okay, that could be uh, a bit of a knock for squads. It, it prevents them from being able to buy second-round picks, really, on draft night. That's when you see a lot of, like, cash sort of deals for, for second-rounders. You wouldn't be able to do that. These teams can't sign buyout players during the season. Okay, that would have prevented the 2023 buyout signings of Russell Westbrook with the Clips, Dragic with the Bucks, Terrence Ross with the Suns, Justin Holiday with the Mavericks. Again, these are teams that would have hypothetically been, you know, over the second apron. They wouldn't be able to get uh, buyout guys like that. Yeah, I remember teams were pretty heated a couple seasons back that the Warriors and Clippers were basically like signing every good buyout guy because they don't care. They're like, we'll spend the money. Uh, just let us get these yes. guys, which as you're saying, like, it's hilarious to hear all of these things that are going to be uh, disallowed by the CBA. And like, none of them made a difference to the season at all. It's like, oh man, what if you can't get Dante DiVincenzo? <laughs> Oh, what are you going to do? But it has an effect. Right. And then there's a lot more in the new CBA about underspending and the penalties that come along with that. So you do have to hit like a certain floor. Two-way contracts, you can have up to three of those now. Used to be two. There's luxury tax implications. There's tampering fines for agents. Uh, Players, this is good. Players will no longer be prohibited from using marijuana. That's in the new CBA. We've been working our way to that. So it will be interesting to see how this new second apron impacts like spending and roster building over these next couple of years uh, and how many of these teams will be in this second apron luxury tax hell yeah on average it was about three teams that would be at that you know, that, that mirage of a line in the past and but this last year it was a bunch of teams it was a lot more it would have been nine eight or nine yeah but prior to that it was about three according to our man uh, Vorkanov that's right yeah, the uh, players getting something in, in these in these pages and pages and pages. The biggest thing, I think, is they're able to invest in basketball teams. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, that's cool. 
cool yeah. for them being That's able. That's the main thing they won, I think. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you don't believe this was a strong CBA for the players. Uh, well, I think it is because of all the investment stuff, and they're just going to be able to be, make a bigger total of money. The BRI has increased a lot, but like the signing rules and like the frozen pick stuff and trying to keep track of all that is going to be confusing. And there's definitely going to be guys in the middle who get squeezed yeah. and are taken a lot cheaper, but you got to make it back with those betting companies. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. That's what a lot of people pushing back on this new CBA for the, from the player side of things like this union, it felt like they went to bat for like the top 3% uh, for the big name players. And it might hurt like a majority of the middle uh, where they're actually going to lose money. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, it's one thing to say this. We've got to see how these teams and these front offices actually approach this, but those penalties are severe. I mean, you can laugh at them and go, oh, no, you know, I can't trade my cash for a second-round pick, but all of these little things, these machinations, like, they, they add up. They Obviously, these guys in the front office are smart, smart, smart. They'll figure this out, too, but if you are way, way over and they're just trying to say, hey, Warriors, hey, Ishbia, maybe with the Suns, like, yeah, you guys have all the money in the world and you're light years ahead and all that, but we want a more even playing field. That's what's like the, you know, I guess that's the, uh, the idea of what's going to work here. We'll see if how yeah. it plays out. It's about parity. Yeah. That, that's the idea. Yeah. I think the players won in that they can invest in themselves, essentially get more of what they are producing and investing in teams. Uh, yeah. The, the investing in gambling companies, which is an interesting part. You can invest in a gambling company, only 1% of that company if it takes NBA bets, but up to 50% if it doesn't take NBA sure. bets. Uh, but uh, as far as yeah, hurting the middle class, I think the, the rule of the, the, the bottom half of teams having to pay 90% of the salary cap at the beginning of the season versus what used to be the rule, which was at the end of the season where you just kind of you know, you, you figure it out at the end, that helps the paychecks, I think, in October, November, December, January, February of – middle-class players, but yeah, TBD. One question that I have is, will teams be more and more hesitant to give the super max or like the biggest max deal they can to like a Bradley Beal, right? When you're looking at the second apron, do you want to be paying the 40% of your salary cap to a guy who's in the top 20 in the NBA? Or is that going to be finally reserved for like the top of the top because you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball if you're spending that much of your money on one guy who may or may not lift you all the way to where you want to be. So they could be squeezing uh, the superstars, but not the super duper stars as well. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Other things in the CBA that are sort of fun to talk about. A lot of this we knew already, but award voting. It is official. Players must appear in at least 65 games to be eligible for awards. So MVP, all NBA and stuff like that. This is fun. The three All-NBA and two All-Defensive teams will be positionless rather than the traditional voting of the two guards, two forwards, and a center. We are going to have some hilarious All-Defensive teams here, I think, in theory. We're going to have like, you know. (laughs) All big guys. Yeah, it's going to be like seven centers centers and maybe two wings and, I don't know, maybe a guard sneaks Mm -hmm. in there. Do you have any thoughts on that going away from uh, having the two guards, two forwards, and a center for those All-NBA and All-Defensive teams? I think it's good. Yeah. I, th- I think it will prove out to be the most important defensive players are going to show through in those 10 guys. Yeah, it'll probably be sixty, at least 60% bigs, maybe 70%, like and 7 this, out of 10. Yeah. And this has an impact on some of these guys' contracts, obviously, when you start talking about, like, super max, uh, you know, Yeah, they didn't change deals. that, did they? No, no, no. But, you know, so the point being, like, okay, now I have to be – I got to be one of the 15 best players in the league as voted on. 
uh, from the media to make all NBA and not one of uh, the top six forwards <laughs> in the league, right? We'll see what impact that has. And and where will there be more of? Will there be just more guards? Will there be more forwards? Uh, you know, centers, I guess, possibly. Uh, unlikely, but fascinating. Hey, Jokic Embiid probably on the first team. This well, yeah, year. right, yeah. right. Um, and then the final part I wanted to talk about, this in-season tournament. It begins this coming season, very, very likely. Uh, it's going to feature all 30 teams. It's going to take place on specific days during the first two months of the regular season. How do you read that? So that means like, so like, uh, whatever, Tuesdays and Thursdays are <laughs> in-season tournament games. I assume they're just going to pick calendar days and like those will be the big nights for the in-season tournament sickos out there, right? Yeah. Right? I yeah. Think. I'm thinking. I was watching uh, the Commissioner's Cup yesterday. Sure. Atlanta Dream versus Washington Mystics, of course. Uh, so I wonder if it's literally, I wonder if it's like Tuesdays and Thursdays or if it's specifically like June 29th. That's a silver cup day. Okay, yeah. All of these games right, go right. towards it. It'll be something along those lines where <laughs> the only thing different is the graphic on the floor. <laughs> You're like, oh, this one counts different. Right. It starts with a group stage. Okay. Again, all 30 teams are in this, so there's a group stage. And then it's decided, obviously, by record, down to eight teams that advance to the knockout round. The semifinal and final games are going to be at neutral sites. A lot of people think it will be Vegas, but we don't know where yet. Players on all eight of the final teams will be compensated financially. Players on the championship squad receive 500000 each. Runners-up get 200000 each. Semi-finalists earn 100000 Quarter-finalists earn fifty k. So you want to make... You want to make the knockout if you want more money. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, you want to win the championship if you want $500,000 each. We'll see how this goes. I mean, look, uh, I'm, I'm for this start of the season to make some games have a little bit more juice... For us as content makers, I mean, I don't know why we would be upset by this. We'll just see whether or not the players <laughs> yeah. care at all. And, like, all those games will count to the regular season schedule except for the final game. So two <laughs> teams will have played 83 <laughs> games at the end of the year. <laughs> but that, cool. I don't even know what they'll do with the stats of that game. Will the stats of the game count to, like... Regular season stats, or is it one of these stats? I think as well. I don't know. I don't know. Takes twenty minutes to actually find it on Basketball Reference. (laughs) John Schumann will be yelling at people. It's on (laughs) NBA.com. That's right. That's right. So now the NBA can turn its attention to the next major financial milestone, and that is, as I uh, slipped in earlier, tasks the next national media rights deal. Because the league's current TV deal with Disney and Turner is set to expire at the end of the 2024-25 season. So it is coming up. Uh, The league is aiming to triple its media rights fee from $2.6 billion in the current deal to upwards of $7 to $8 billion annually. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see. I wonder if these, uh, these layoffs have anything to do with all of this. What'd you say uh, during the break? 20 people? On-air personalities? Burning to the New York Post, ESPN letting off 20 on-air NBA personalities. Mm. Uh, On-air personalities, I should say, yeah. But. And according to a new report from the New York Post as well, NBC interested in making a run at NBA television rights once again. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-basketball. So we could have that back in our lives. Yep. Sean Tesh. And there's other streamers out there. As well, right? Like Amazon got in the NFL game uh, this past season. So it's going to be competitive. Uh, it's We're going to get to the point where like uh, a, a sixth man 
is making $35 million, and every six man is making $35 million. If the rights package is going up by three, and we're like talking about Vucevic as a starting center, we're yeah. like, oh yeah, 20 million, oh, yeah. that's just what you pay these days. <laughs> the, the numbers are going to look crazy in four or five oh, years. Yeah, they're already starting to get there for sure yeah. with some of the Max guys. Just think Jawan Howard, man. First guy to make $100 million. Now mm-hmm. his son is going to come into the league. Everybody's like, he got drafted 11. He's going to be making as much as his dad did, like signing his biggest contract just like that. That's Good weird. <laughs> uh, you said all these new streamers and stuff like that. Do you think we could pick, uh, put together a competitive package? To maybe get one game, one game, Bulls Raptors. <laughs> oh, I, love I it. think we should present it, where we could stream. got to write up a document here, put together a pitch deck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we get one game. No dunks always gets it, the Bulls Raptors. Just one of them, not not the series. We just get to pick one of them. Let's try a couple million. Yep. I think it makes sense from both our perspective and from the NBA perspective. (laughs) Right? You see those numbers flying in for the play-in tournament game while we were watching? (sighs) Hundreds of people watching along with us. But yeah, I wonder wonder how splintered it gets. It gets. We're not going to get to a level where uh, Joe Schmoe's like us are are owning a game. But yeah, Amazon has to get in. Apple with their MLS attempts here and, and being successful. How, how deep do we go? Uh, very, very interesting. And uh, just because we were talking about on-air personalities, we should say uh, congratulations to the GOAT, Ernie Johnson, being inducted into the Sports Broadcasting Hall of Fame. I was more surprised he wasn't already Yeah, in. that was <laughs> surprising. I was like, what? What are you waiting for? This guy's been doing the best television in sports for 30 years? Good job putting him in. Uh, and congrats <laughs> Good job. To, to Ernie. Uh, all right. Hopefully I didn't bore you with the uh, CBA talk there. I don't think it was that bad, right? We learned some things. <laughs> learned some things. I saw that uh, the actual CBA, 676 pages. Oh, yeah. That's a big guy. Uh, my two favorite tidbits, uh, both coming fra- by Mike Vorkanoff. Number one, games on January 1st and Good Friday can't start before 6 p.m. local time. Okay. Okay, great. Great. They're like, we're going out on New Year's Eve, okay? Yeah. And Maundy Thursday, which is the day before Good Friday, right. as everyone knows. Also, I love this. All NBA players, except for those on two-way and 10-day contracts, will receive free access to NBA League Pass. Uh, see, that's where the union <laughs> dropped the ball, too. We talked about this uh, earlier this week. Those are the guys that need it. Those are the guys the that need it. The two-way deal guys, the 10-day guys, they need the free League Pass. How could you, how could you exclude them? That's how you become a good leader on your team. If you're Grant Williams, you're your team's rep, you go through it all, you get your league pass, and then you give it to J.D. Davison yeah. or some guy yeah, who's yeah. sitting on the bench. Use my code. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> exclamation point. <laughs> this password? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably is. That was in the old CBA, too, apparently. Yeah, yeah I know. So but no one knew until no one knew. last week. No one knew. <laughs> now everybody knows that weird little thing, thanks yeah. to Amma and Thompson, yeah. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. 
Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. All right, let's uh, wrap up this drop podcast with some rapid fire fun. Trey's got the questions. Myself, Tass, and JD have the answers. Kansas City Chiefs star Travis Kelsey recently told Pardon My Take that podcasting is, quote, the hardest effing job in the world. (laughs) (laughs) You're damn right. (laughs) So true. As longtime podcasters who have done this backbreaking work for years and years. Guys, what is the hardest part of podcasting? Skeets. I just like that we're finally getting the recognition we deserve. (laughs) You know, it goes uh, doctors, teachers, NBA podcasters. (laughs) Not in that order, mind you, but all so important and the hardest working people in the biz. Um, My answer to this, I guess just keeping it fresh. <laughs> like, let's be Damn. We've done this for a long time. Okay, this is going to blow your mind, guys. I don't even know if you guys know this, but we are nearly reaching our 1,000th podcast with The Athletic. Oh, yeah. This will be our third time hitting 1,000 podcasts <laughs> oh my God. as different iterations of this show. We did over 1,000 as the Basketball Jones, we did well over 1,000 as the Starters, and now we're nearing 1,000 as the Athletic. Wow. What? So keeping it fresh, man, that's a lot of podcasts coming in here day after day, trying our best to bring some energy, some creativity, because you're talking about a lot of the same things. <laughs> but thankfully this league never disappoints, so there's always something new, but that's my answer. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, you're the best, man. Uh, uh, a thousand podcasts, way harder than receiving a thousand yards. Way oh, harder. You way only hard. get one podcast per episode, but how many yards do you get per catch? Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Eight to 12. <laughs> On a good day. Yeah. Oh, no, I shouldn't have said it that way. On a bad day. Anyway, uh, it is backbreaking work. I, I, a newbie in the game, Ash over there, during the commercial break, he was just flex or you know stretching out his back because he was having some back problems over there ash how many pods you've been through man like 50? 71 yeah. <laughs> max uh, dude you, I, don't, I don't even know how many podcasts i've been on i've been here for six months now so <laughs> i don't know well hope your back holds up uh yeah it's the grind that's the grind is the hardest part as Tra- travis kelsey said right jd it's the the work that we put in oh sure off air sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's really actually nothing hard about this job. Like people <laughs> no, are, this is the easiest fucking job the in the world. 100% easiest job there is. It's not even really a job. So there's people listening to this who are actually doing work right now. So Suckers. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so there's I, the answer is there's nothing hard about this job. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can't think of anything. I mean, there's... Uh, you're I was, you're uh, lying. You're what lying about the consistency? Right isn't you that work the your, hardest part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. works his ass off. And, and look, we hear about it from time to time, as yeah. we should. Yeah. It's still a job. Here's the thing. I used to be a DJ at, in Greece. Again, not a real job. <laughs> but, you know, it was like I was working as a busboy in this disco, right? And I was like, what is the coolest job here? It's that guy way up there in the DJ booth. I want to be that guy. Right. And I just 
weaseled my way in there and uh, convinced the boss that I'd be a good DJ when the DJ left. So I, I was a DJ. I'm like, this is awesome. This is cool. I just spin music all the time. But it was seven days a week for six months straight. Ooh. And you're trapped behind the DJ booth. <laughs> that's That was the hardest thing about that job, and that's kind of the hardest thing about this job, because it's not unlike a DJ booth back here. Mm. We're just fucking stuck back here. It's like, oh, Slack. Doo -doo -doo. Hey, you think we should do a, uh, a show tomorrow? I'm like, God damn it, I was going to go to the pool. Okay, yeah, I guess we got to do a show. It's it's like, when is this season going to end? God yeah, damn it. Yeah, this has been a long time. That's the thing. The NBA season just keeps getting longer and yeah. longer. When we started, it was... Hey, he had a couple months that were really like, there was nothing happening. That's true. But DJ no. has become JD. Were you DJ JD? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. They called me uh, Scooter back in the day. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Scooter Henderson. Because you rode your scooter to work? Or? Uh, no, uh, somebody stepped on my glasses one time, and then the boss went, and he just appeared with the, the, the lenses of the glasses, but these weird sort of frames that... <laughs> Look like Scooter from the Muppets, and then they just started calling me Scooter, and it just stuck. <laughs> DJ Scooter on the ones and twos. Yeah. Nice. Uh, oh, good answer. The hardest part for me is pit stains. Come on. <laughs> good call. Yeah, yeah, can't stop them, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cake on the antiperspirant. It don't matter. Relentless. <laughs> it's also hot as shit in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nerves. Uh, the high wire life of podcasting. The most recent thing you say could be your life. <laughs> oh, live wire. After a couple of years on the block, John Collins was finally traded away from the Hawks. It was long past time, but guys, what's something else that's overdue for an ending, Skeets? McDonald's celebrating Grimace's birthday. <laughs> How fucking long is this going to go so on? True, man. Are you guys getting all these Twitter ads? No. Yes. I can't. Every third tweet is Grimace still celebrating his birthday. It was June 12th. I looked. I think he turned 52 or 53. Happy it's 52. birthday. It's okay. 52. <laughs> See, you know. You I know, know. I know. Yeah. But we get it. It's You can't celebrate your birthday for three weeks you on can't end. Do it. I know you got the grimace birthday meal and shake. I get it. I know you got a viral thing going on on TikTok. Mm. You know, I, kids drinking this purple shake and pretending to die. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. It's got a lot of plays, a lot of views, but kids are funny. I'm over it, man. <laughs> you get, like, you get. At most a weekend to celebrate your birthday. Really, one day. And also, it's not even a big uh, milestone birthday, so you shouldn't even be celebrating at all, Grimace. Yeah. Whatever the hell you are. Grimace. What are you, a taste bud? <laughs> uh, so I'm done with it. <laughs> it's, I can't believe how many ads I see for this. These creepy ads where he's just staring at you. Oh, yeah, he's looking. Yeah. Have, he's you, looking have you tried the shake? Yet? No, no. Of course not. A what is it? Berry? I'm sure it's berry flavored shake. I, I got guess. No interest in yeah, I don't want a yeah. grape shake. No. Yeah. I, you can't get it anyway because the shake machine's always Yay. broken. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That's uh, right. Toughest job fixing the shake machine. <laughs> this guy did quite the heel turn though, Grimace. Because mm. he used to be a bad guy. Did he? Yeah. He was I, stealing people's shakes. I thought that was. He was a sort of like the hamburger. No, oh, he was sort of like. Uh, it was like oh. a one two, those two. <laughs> but oh. then he's like, now he's like, everybody loves him. He's a good guy. Face turn. Yeah, what did I say? Heel turn. Yeah, the opposite. Yeah. Hmm. I'll go back. Oh, he'll definitely. All along. New, time. new, new world order. <laughs> yeah, what do you think he's going to do next birthday? Kill the Hamburglar or Ronald? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> the ultimate heel turn. <laughs> yeah, I only I see that ad all the time, but it's because <gasps> I've, um, I say not interested in an ad for every other ad. 
but I'm letting Grimace through. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. yeah. oh so I that's my fault. It's my fault. Option. Maybe that's what, yeah, it's like infiltrated into mine. Mm-hmm. I just like, it's wild. I'm seeing it on Instagram, Twitter, all the time. Happy Grimace, birthday, happy man. birthday, Grimace. Yeah, get rid of those ads. You know why? Because they know you're at McDonald's every other day. How dare you? Oh, I'm just saying. Once a week, tops. <laughs> It's more than Skeetsy me. Skeetsy needs his nuggets on the way home. <laughs> yeah, Skeetsy might want to pick up a Grimace shake on the way I'm home. Not. I'm not. Get you a Grimace. <laughs> I, it was nice to see that you could get nuggets part of the Grimace uh, birthday meal. Didn't have to be a Big Mac. You could do nuggets. Hmm. <laughs> and fries and a shake, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> Happy birthday to the big guy. All right. Hey, he's, he's on board now. <laughs> Go ahead, Tess. Happy birthday, Grimace. What's something that's overdue for an ending? My rapid fire answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. Still going. What? what? No, wow. yes. no, no, no. It, oh, yeah. It's still That's a going. Good answer. <laughs> 20, 20 seasons. Wow. Just just move on, Ellen Pompeo. Just go do something else. That's crazy because you guys went to tour the set in 2011 when we yeah. were in LA, and it felt like it was coming right. to an end then. <laughs> Yeah, well, we were on set of Grey's Anatomy. Didn't you guys? Some yeah, people, we some were, people huh? did. Yeah. No, yeah. I was there. I didn't know that's what the show was. I, guess. I, I think it was because we had a. I, I think it, he still listens to the show. Uh, he worked on the show. I don't know if he still works on the was show. It Andrew, I thought that's it was right. I thought so. Is it Andrew yeah. or James? R? Andrew R? No, Andrew does sound right to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe it's because Sandra O oh was leaving. Maybe that's why uh, we felt it was over. Yeah. No, she lasted <laughs> ten years, ten wow. seasons. Wow. There's a, he's, Trey and I both have this great table up. It's this a grid. Nice. It's a grid showing you the characters and how long they were on the season. Has anybody gone the, the, full, the gamut? full gamut? Yeah. Chandra okay. Wilson. Yep. James Pickens Jr. These are their and real names? Like, or no, These no, are no. their character names. Miranda Bailey and Richard Weber would be the character names. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And this is interesting here. Uh, Meredith Grey, namesake of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, Ellen yeah. Pompeo. Yeah. She's greened out through 19 seasons, but season 20... TBA. Oh boy. You can't have Grey's Anatomy without Grey. It's because she left. Guys. Do you watch this? <laughs> uh yeah. She's really? Done. I watch it with my wife. Is it oh, good? Yeah, it's yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's just I, I watch it with Courtney. But this past season she left. Uh-huh. She went to Boston and then she just she still narrates the show. Yeah. But she's not on the show. She appeared like in the last two episodes. Oh, weird. That was it. Yeah. That's crazy. She, she said still... she's done. She said she's done. Oh, good. Yeah. Good for her. Uh, she's uh, so, but I'm she still is an EP, I think. According yes. to yeah, she yeah. still produces. She still produces the show. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Hey, she'll always be an EP. Ellen Pompeo. <laughs> <laughs> There's some Grey's Anatomy factoids oh, for you. Tying it to basketball, I want the Nick to replace Grey's Anatomy. Oh, oh yeah. that was a great that was show. An amazing show, but it was only two seasons. Yeah, right? where did that show go? Come on, Clive, bring well, it back. I mean, no spoilers, but. I don't know if Clive's coming back. Oh, did yeah. he get did he get canceled? Did he? No spoilers. Oh. Okay, no spoilers. Oh. <laughs> Didn't even know that one. No spoilers. It's tough to keep up. <laughs> mm. uh, JD, what's something JD. else that's overdue for an ending? Oh yeah. Um, uh, what was my answer? Oh yeah. Uh, TikTok. Filming yourself in a car, doing TikToks. Mm. Now, I get that it's like a more intimate thing, and you know, uh, it's you. A lot of people's is their only private spot to right. to do it, but I suspect that more than half of those people are idling their cars, and you know how I feel about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, hates it. Yeah. So get out of your cars. If you want to be an influencer, just build a studio in your garage, like we did. <laughs> and simple. You know, it's just yeah, it's simple. It's easy. So 
stop TikToking in your cars. It's got to end. Even even if they turn off the car? If you turn off the car, that's fine. But I know that these some of them are not. I can hear it. I can hear it going. And okay. I don't like it. I don't like it. Your TikTok is not worth the pollution. That's all. That's for sure. That's very true. It's another thing that could end. Overdue for an ending. Climate change would be great. Yeah. <laughs> See, we, nice. we're, we're overdue for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, here's some more social media content. A DJ burned Damian Lillard by playing Wilf Smith's Miami and Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody during an IG Live from Paris. These are both good songs. But what's a song that's on your summer playlist, Skeets? I like the girls that do drugs. That's from a man, Trey Kirby. That's girls by the that's Dare. Great song. Catchy song. Love that one. I would include this one, which I think came out like seven or eight months ago. I just heard it like two days ago. There's a Frank Ocean Tamiya mashup. Have you heard that of uh, Frank Ocean's Nights mm-hmm. with So Into You uh, from <laughs> no. you know Tamiya, Canadian Tamiya, uh, which I is um, I'm pretty sure is like a Commodore sample. But anyway, it's on SoundCloud. Great summer song. Great Frank summer Ocean song. Nights with So Into You from Tamiya. Oh, it's a banger. I think it's called Nights '90s version. Look up that. And then the final one, just because I watched The Bear. Every time I get in my car, I even pulled up alongside Trey Kirby the other day, blasting it. New Noise by The Refused, which is that song that they play in the bear anytime it's cooking time and it's going to get really antsy and it's a punk song and it's got a great start to that one. So uh, New Noise. Those three songs are uh, on the summer playlist right now. What do you got? SoundCloud still going. Yeah, as long as Grey's Anatomy, I guess. Uh, still kicking it. Uh, yeah, I just got one. You got to treat every day in the summer like a Friday, and it was actually in the uh, in the sort of the meme world where it's that song. It's called Friday. It's Friday, yeah. Then Saturday, Sunday, yeah. It's Friday, yeah. Oh, yeah then okay. Saturday, Sunday, what? It's uh, it was in the meme world where a guy was driving and his friend got out of the car and was driving. Or sorry, was dancing beside yeah, yeah. the car oh, yeah. while the car moved. So it's that song. It gets annoying, um, but <laughs> it's a fun. One. It's a fun one for a bit. Friday, yeah. We got a new Friday meme song. Yeah, cool. just kicks Rebecca Black's ass. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a legend! What a legend. JD, what's on your playlist? Uh, Hold say- on, his name's not JD for this question. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, I forgot. <laughs> DJ DJ Scoots over Scooter. here. Scooter, <laughs> Scooter. <laughs> what you spinning on the ones and twos? Uh, it's the same every year. Banana Rama, Cruel Summer. Oh, it's so hot in this city, and uh, I'm not going anywhere in this city except for uh, this summer, except for Las Vegas, where it's even hotter. So, oh, it yeah. truly is a cruel, cruel summer. But I love that song. It's a dry heat in Vegas. Don't worry, J.D. It's basically cold. It's basically cold. I love that line. Yeah, we're headed to Vegas on Wednesday (laughs) for some uh, Summer League fun. And my God, it's like saying like, (laughs) I think it's like 110 or something like that right now. Woo! And it's hot here. Yeah, it's even hotter there. Yep. That's rapid fire. Those are some song recommendations for your summer playlist. Thanks for joining us here. Like I said... We will very likely be back tonight. We'll probably jump in the stream yard to recap some of the, uh, hopefully, some of the big signings and news and maybe even trades from tonight's official start to NBA free agency. So make sure you subscribe. I don't know what time we're going live. I don't even know if we are. we got to wait and see what happens. But uh, it would be, you know, 6, 7, 8 o'clock tonight here on Friday. So subscribe to the podcast either on YouTube or wherever you download and listen to us. And we will have a Fast Friends for Fast 10 coming next week. 
you can lock that in. Maybe when we leave for Vegas, we'll post it on that day. So potentially Wednesday, new Fast Friends is coming to this feed. So you got a few days left to watch Fast 10. You can rent it on Apple at least <laughs> for $19.99 or you can buy it for $24.99. You get to keep it forever. <laughs> That's right. Cool. That's right. <laughs> Lucky. Uh, so yeah, keep it locked on No Dunks today and uh, we will hopefully see you later. Until then though, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us and remember you can rent Fast Friends for $19.99 buy for $24.99. Smart. Very smart pricing system. Because <laughs> if you want it, if you, you want to watch that movie, you really want it. So you're going to pay 20 bucks, I think. I think it's smart to go that high. And then the five bucks extra for the crazies, I think those are just two perfect price points. Well, I rented, I hate it. To I rented it. it. Yeah. To watch it a second time. I was like, I, I, I don't want this. <laughs> I will never watch this again. I can't believe I'm watching it a second time. But because podcasting is the hardest job in the world, <laughs> I will commit myself That's right. to two hours and 21 minutes of me and Dom and the gang watching again. Uh, 221, what did it feel like? We're heroes. Felt like 258. <laughs> Slow and I fast forwarded through a couple scenes. Yeah. Did not need to see Letty fight Cypher again, I will admit. <sighs> Didn't need to. Yeah. I was like, I, 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 I know what I'm happens. With you. I'm with you. Yeah, on that, that one, one I went. Doo, 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 doo. <sighs> anyway, we'll see you guys later. Brace the day, people. <laughs>